Superiority of the new covenant. Superiority of the new covenant. So, what we are going to be looking at in this scripture, or what the author, the, the intention of the author of, the, of Hebrews in teaching us or in explaining chapter 8 to us, is for us to understand that the new covenant is superior to the old covenant. The new covenant is superior to the old covenant. So, he was trying to convince the Hebrews not to stick to the old covenant, not to hold on to the old covenant. That this new covenant that is established by the blood of Jesus, this new covenant that is established by the blood of Jesus is superior to the old covenant that was established by the blood of bulls and goats. Amen. So, Jesus is the uh, is, 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 is the initiator of the new covenant. And Moses was the initiator of the old covenant. Hallelujah. So, and that is what we're going to be looking in this subject this evening. Number one thing we're going to be looking at, or let me, let me just put it this way, from the book of Hebrews chapter 8, from, verses, from verse 1 to 5, give us the introduction of this uh, subject. Give us the introduction. If you read chapter 1 to chapter 5, verse 1 to 5, it gives us the introduction of this subject. And if you read verse 6, verse 6 is the central theme of this um, chapter. Verse 6 is the central theme. Only that verse 6. If you could get verse 6, you will understand the whole of chapter 8. So verse 6 is the central theme of this um, of chapter 8 of Hebrews. Then if you go into verse 7 to 12, verse 7 to 12 gives us the evidence to substantiate, to substantiate the theme of, of chapter 8. To substantiate it, to, you know, to prove to us that yes, what chapter 6 is saying is correct. That is what happened in chapter verse 7 to verse 12. And verse 13 serves as a conclusion. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, let us look at some of the things I'll be looking at in this subject. Number one, number one, Jesus is the mediator of a new covenant. Jesus is the mediator of a new and a better covenant, which has been enacted on better promises. Jesus is the mediator of a new and better covenant, which has been enacted on better promises. Jesus is the mediator of a new and better covenant, which has been enacted on better promises. And number two, Jesus is ministering, Jesus is ministering in the heavenly tabernacle. Jesus is ministering in the heavenly tabernacle at the right hand of God, not in an earthly one, not in an earthly one, which was a copy and shadow of heavenly things. I will repeat that uh, number two. Jesus is ministering in the heavenly tabernacle at the right hand of God, not in an earthly one, which was a copy and shadow of heavenly things. Then number three, we'll be looking at the new covenant is written on our hearts. The new covenant is written on our hearts 
and enables us to know the Lord in an intimate way. The new covenant is written on our hearts and enables us to know the Lord in an intimate way. Then the last but not the least, Jesus had promised to forgive our sins. Jesus had promised to forgive our sins and remember them no more. Jesus had promised to forgive our sins and remember them no more. The new covenant has made the old, old one obsolete. The new covenant had made the old one obsolete. I think we got that. Glory be to God. Let us move further. What, what makes Christ and his work superior to the Old Testament priesthood? That's the subtopic. What makes Christ and his work superior to the Old Testament priesthood? What are the things that make what the work that Christ did to be superior to the Old Testament priesthood? Number one, I'm going to do teaching today as, as if we are in the class, in the lecture room. Number one, Christ's sacrifice is superior in the access it provides. Christ's sacrifice is superior in the access it provides. I will explain that to you because if I just leave it like that, you might not understand. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11. The Bible says, But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come, which the, with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is not of this creation. Hallelujah. Let us look at good things to come. In that Hebrews 9.11. What, what is that good things to come? Are we together? What is the good things to come that Bible talked about in that Hebrews chapter 9 verse 11? It says, But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come. The good things to come, that word comes from the Hebrew, of the, from the Greek word agathos. Agathos. And it means ultimate spiritual benefit. Good things to come come from the Greek word agathos. And it means ultimate spiritual benefit. So if we will, if we will um, reframe that scripture, we can say that but Christ came as high priest of the ultimate spiritual benefits. Do you get what I'm saying now? When Christ came, he came with full benefits. Amen. And the benefit that Christ came with, we can find them in that book of Ephesians, chapter 1. You know, I think I've, I've done teachings on that on many, on many occasions, you know, or from the, from the book of Ephesians generally, you can find those benefits there that Jesus brought to us. Amen. One of the, one of the benefits is that we were chosen by God or we were elected by God. Amen. That's the, that's the, those are the good things that Ephesians chapter 9, 11 is talking about. It's not, it doesn't talk about the cars, the houses, 
It doesn't talk about all of that. Because all of that have been there before Christ came. Christ came with new things. He says, good things to come. Hallelujah. Jesus does not bring um, money for us. He does not bring houses for us. Those ones have been in existence. Despite the fact that Jesus wants us to have those things. But those are not the things that he actually brought to us. Amen. He wants us to have it. And there is also a principle that have been laid down for having those things. I think you know that. And if somebody who did not follow Jesus, follow that principle, will the person make money? Will the person make money? He will. The principle of making money. If an unbeliever follow that principle, will he make money? Answer me now. No, if you are confused, tell me. The principle of making money. If an unbeliever followed it, will he make money? He will. Do we have unbelievers who are very rich? Do we have some believers who are poor? Believers who are poor. Why? Because the believers that are poor do not follow the principle of making the money. You get what I'm saying now? So Jesus does not come. His blood is not to give us money now. How can Jesus come to shed his blood because he wants to make money? He came to shed his blood for the things that money cannot buy. Are you hearing me? For things that money couldn't buy. Can money, can money bring you before the presence of God? Can money give you the earnest Holy Spirit? So, you think of spiritual things. The Bible says that we are blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places or in the heavenlies. And those are the blessings that we have. And that is why I've, I've, I've said it many times here that when you are praying and giving thanks to God, thank Him for those benefits. The good things to come. Agathos. We thank you for Agathos. Amen. Praise the Lord. And I said one of the Agathos or ultimate spiritual blessing or good things to come. One of the Agathos is that we are chosen by God or elected by God. Number two is that we are adopted into God's family. Number three is that we are accepted before God. We were accepted before God. That acceptance, what it means, that what it means to be accepted before God is that we have become righteous. We have become righteous by the reason of Jesus' sacrifice. By the reason of the new covenant that Jesus, that God had with Christ. Because the oath of the new covenant, the oath of the new covenant was made between God and God. Are you hearing me? The oath of the new covenant was made between God and God, not between God and man. God had covenant with Abraham for the old covenant. Are you hearing me? Because the old covenant does not start with Moses. Have you, do you know that? The old covenant didn't start with Moses. The old covenant commenced with Abraham. 
God had the covenant of the old covenant with Abraham. Are you following me now? So the covenant, the, the oath of the old covenant was made between God and and that is why it is easy, it is easy to uh, for man to fail the covenant. But the covenant of the new the covenant of the new was made between God and God. So it cannot be failed. It cannot be broken. Are you hearing me now? It can't be broken. He said the covenant is to give us righteousness as a gift. It can't be broken. It says the covenant is to give us eternal life. It can't be broken. Because it was made between God and God. Are we communicating now? Are we communicating? Are, we, are you getting what I'm saying? If you are getting it, say praise God. Ha. So, what about another agathos? Another agathos is the forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness of sins that we receive. All of these things I'm mentioning, I don't want to rush it. There are scriptures for everything. Amen. So, number, number five agathos is we have insight into God's will. We now know God's will. And number six is that we have eternal inheritance. Eternal inheritance. Number seven is that we have the seal of the Holy Spirit. The seal of the Holy Spirit. And number eight is that we have God's mercy and love. God's mercy and love. They're not writing. Number ten. Number nine is that we have the wisdom and the knowledge of God. And number ten is that we have divine power. Divine power. If I say divine power, you know what I mean now. The power of the living God is in the inside of us for our use. And number 11 is that we have spiritual life. Our spirit man come alive. Our spirit man that was dead resuscitated. And we have spiritual life. And that is why we can dive in the spirit. We can live in the spirit. We can walk in the spirit. We have dimensions of the spirit. We understand the dimensions of the spirit. Because we have spiritual life. Say it confidently. Say I have spiritual life. Say I have spiritual life. Say I have spiritual life. Hello. If you don't know that you have spiritual life. Your spiritual life will be getting rotten. And you'll be living more and be, and be enjoying your physical life. And your spiritual life will be rotten. If you don't know. So carry that consciousness about. So if you say you have, a, you have, you have spiritual life, what it means is that you are saying that I'm a spirit. Okay, you don't know. Who knows that? Sister, do you know that? Oh, you are hearing it for the first time. If you say you have spiritual life, it, you are saying that you are a spirit. How many of us is aware that we are spirit? If you know, raise it above your head like this. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay, except about three people. I have, I think I have talked about this several times. Amen. When I, even, I think I, I think I talked about it two weeks ago, sir. When I say, when I talk about your spirit, 
and the spirit of God. As a man is a spirit, he has a soul, and the spirit and soul lives in the body. Amen. But that spirit, that spirit, that's your spirit that you had, because you are originally a spirit. But when, anytime you see Bible, you use small letter S to write spirit. It's talking about the spirit of man. Are you hearing me now? So you are a spirit. But when the spirit of Christ, who is the Holy Spirit, when that spirit marries your own spirit, then it is called salvation. Your spirit becomes regenerated. Amen. So it now becomes the combination of your spirit and the Holy Spirit. And that is what gives you access to live in the realm of the Spirit. Are you get what I'm saying now? That is what gives you access to live in the realm of the Spirit. And to be able to function in the Spirit. To know what is happening in the Spirit. But there are people that their spirit, their human spirit, is called human spirit. Human spirit is different from the Holy Spirit. Just like, just like um, um, we have deity, God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is the triune nature of God, or what we call Trinity. We also have the triune nature of man. Amen. God the Father, Son, and Spirit. They are one. Abi, they are one. God, Father, Son, and Spirit are one. It is a Trinity. Then you, as human, you are also triune in nature. You, the spirit, you, the body, you, the soul. Amen. But the three, that three divisions have the function differently. They have their own different function. Are you following me? I'm teaching these two people or three people that they raise their hand. They are, that, the, 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 three nat- the three nature that you have have different function that they do. Amen. Your spirit is what connects you to the realm of the spirit. It's what makes you to be sensitive to the realm of the spirit. That is what you receive, receive signal from the spirit. Amen. It's received signal from the spirit. But your soul is the realm of intellect, is the realm of will. That is what makes you to be able to think, to know that this is born, to know that this is a man, to know that you are a lady. Are you following me now? Aha. Uh-huh. But the realm of the the, 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 the the flesh, the flesh or the body is the is what connects you to the heavenly realm. The realm of it makes you to uh to feel things, to sense things, amen. That is the realm of the flesh. It connects you to the earthly realm. And that sense of realm is what most Christians, what most people, you know, understand. We just, we, we just, we are just carried away with what we can see alone. What we can see alone. Wow, I can see this. This one has happened. Yeah, I can see it. No. In the, if you switch to the realm of the spirit, in the realm of the spirit, you see things by faith. And you call those things that you see by faith into existence. Amen. You call them because you can see it. Ah, I can see my healing. Man, the suriata pae shata. 
I can see my healing. Oh, I can see it. I can see it. I can see it. You, the scene is happening in your spirit. Oh, you burst into rejoicing. Yes, I have it. I have what I demand for. Glory to God. I can see it. I can see it. Amen. Are you following me now? You are seen with the eyes of your spirit. But when you see with the height of the spirit, then you take it by faith. Faith, faith is the eyes of the spirit. So you take it by faith. You take it. When you take it, eh, then you await the manifestation in the physical. Can you see that? You await the manifestation of what you have taken in the spirit, in the physical. So whatsoever it is that you are trusting God for, that you want to see with your naked eyes, you first acquire it in your spirit. You go into the realm. And how do you go into the realm? You, you don't forget you are a spirit. And as spirit that you are, you can switch. Amen. You can switch your gear. And say, I want to switch into the dimension of the spirit. You know, this realm of the spirit should not be a strange place to believers. It is our domain. It's our domain. It's our atmosphere. Are you following me now? The realm of the spirit should be our regular atmosphere. We should get used to it. We should be conversant with that atmosphere. Amen. You, you just walk into it. Into the atmosphere. Like now, if you want to go into that atmosphere now, I can say, let us begin to speak in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Then we begin to dive into the Holy Ghost. Man raise out And as we are going into that, our home, because we belong to Zion. Amen. We belong to Zion. And that is our home. That's our home. That is our place of settlement. But right now, because of our flesh, because of the flesh. Flesh is what is depriving us to see the full reality of where we belong to. Are you following me now? But even with our flesh, we can subject our flesh. We can suppress our flesh. Amen. You know, a believer must understand how to suppress his flesh. Amen. Are you get what I'm saying now? So, suppressing your if you know how to suppress your flesh so well, Eh? You will function more in the spirit. You know, suppressing your flesh. Yes, suppressing flesh is different from your spirit coming out of your flesh. It's different. Because if your spirit comes out of your flesh, what it means that you are dead, then you can see the full reality of that realm of the spirit. Am I communicating? Is this simple enough? So. But now, you are, not, you are not saying that your flesh, your spirit will come out of your spirit. But what you are saying is, I am suppressing, I am rending the flesh powerless. So that the flesh will become feeble and weak. And because if the flesh is not feeble and weak, it, the flesh will, will envelop your spirit or wrestle with your spirit. And make your spirit to be weak. Are you following me now? To be weak. So you won't be able to function 
maximally, you'll be able to function full capacity in the spirit. The difference between those that function in the spirit and those that couldn't function well in the spirit is the flesh. Is that one understands how to suppress the flesh, the other do not understand. Are you following me now? So when you understand how to suppress your flesh, you see your spirit functioning well in the realm of the spirit. Sister, can I communicate you something? So the question you asked me is how do I suppress my flesh? You suppress your flesh, number one, when you fast. You suppress the flesh when you pray. I'm not, I'm not talking about five-minute prayer. Don't answer anybody that says it's not how long you pray. You know, that's what is common today. You say it's not how long you pray. It's not how long you pray. You know, it's, it's understanding the techniques of prayer. Eh? Don't answer them. It's about how long you pray in most cases. Amen. Pray long. Stay long. The more you stay in prayer, eh? the more your flesh suppressed and the more you can get connected to the rest. There is, there is a level, there is heights to attain in the realm of the spirit. There are heights. You know? See, let me give you my personal experience. Most of us do know our problem. Do know our problem. Our problem is laziness. Me, me, I have prayed to a certain level, eh? I have prayed to a certain level that I become so sensitive and when I get to a point, eh? Everything is getting more clearer. I see clearer. I hear clearer. And something in me will be telling me, and you know what? See, when you get to that point, maybe that point that I reach, that is sweetening, eh? maybe it's just stage two of stage one million. You don't get it. So if stage two can be as glorious as that, can be as glorious, as awesome as that, you know, then what? And something will be telling me, telling me that. You see, there are more heights. You can say it's getting sweeter. There are more heights. And as, as you are moving, you are seeing that this thing is sweet in you. You are flowing more. You are hearing more. You are so sensitive more. Are you getting what I'm saying now? Such experiences are very awesome. They are experiences that we should consistently have in. And those are the experiences that those our fathers had that make them to do such exploits. Somebody will say, I'm praying for three days. I'm praying for 24 hours non-stop. You know, as, as it's going, it's just going there. It's just going. As it's going, it's becoming, it's becoming closer to, it's becoming closer to the realm. It's becoming, you know, the spirit man is just wavering and going there. 
and going and going. The spirit man is just going and going. You know, the flesh, the flesh is gone. Hey, hey. You know, it's no more flesh. It's just, it's just there. It's not even, it's, you know, when you start, listen to me this, you will understand something. When you start, you are 100%, 100% conscious of the physical environment. But it will get to a point that you become 90% conscious. It will get to a point that you become 25% conscious. By the time, it will get to a point that you become 5% conscious. Are you going to Yes. You can never lose the consciousness of the physical environment. You can never. But the consciousness will keep on reducing. 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 As it reduces, you get connected more. Manifestations comes more. Encounter comes more. You know, impartation comes more. From the realm of glory, you begin to experience the glory of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? These are the experiences that I have had. But you see, laziness is our problem. Laziness to stay tuned, to remain connected, to continue doing it. When you continue doing it non-stop, huh, it will come to a point that, look at, when Moses went to the Mount Sinai, by the time Moses returned back, what happened? The glory of God have engrossed Moses. Because Moses stayed there for how many days? For 40 days. 40 days of praying. 40 days of fasting. 40 days of encounter. Hello? If you do that, if you stay alone for 40 days, you know, let's say you don't have the strength to, to stay without food, but you are drinking water. You are taking maybe some supply drinks, some, you know, and you stay there alone for 40 days, talking to God, praying non stop. By the time you return back, man, you don't need to pray. Just walk past somebody that is lame. You, know, you see the glory, the glory that came, that followed Moses when Moses returned. Are you getting what I'm saying now? You will be, you will be, you will be transfigured. Just like when Jesus was praying. You know, what, what happened to, what happened to Jesus on earth can happen to you. Jesus Christ was transfigured. The, the atmosphere of heaven came down to heart. The glory of heaven, the glory of God came down to heart and Jesus transformed, he transfigured and the, 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 the glory of Christ, the, the, the glory, the, the spirit of Christ, you know, was the one that you know, it's, it's reflect and cover up his flesh. And that glory is in, in the spirit. So when spirit begins to vibrate and begin to release energies, continue consistent energy, consistent energy, it begins to release, and that happened in the place of prayer. It's released constant energy into your body. At a point, the glory will cover up you completely. Such that when you get to any, anywhere, without telling anybody, they will say this person is the man of God. They will say this is the pastor. The horror of the presence of God will be following you about. 
But today, it's just about Chingam Christianity. Everybody wants to speak in tongues. Then we now, our tongue, we now, we now, we, we learn it. We copy somebody. Ah, look at the tongue of this brother. Then you turn your, your, your own too. The tone of your own tongue too. And we are speaking in tongues. We are posing. We pocket and What's wrong with you? Is that tongue? The tongue that you, you know, when you speak, you can go get, 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 it's not necessarily it sounds sweet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not necessarily that it sounds sweet. You don't worry. You just say it. If, if it is kako, 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 is the real. There's power in it. Hallelujah. I don't know why God wants us to discuss this, but I think somebody is blessed with it. Glory be to God. Glory, glory be to God. Hallelujah. We have not been able to do anything from our teaching for today. But don't worry, we will continue. I think somebody is blessed. If you are blessed, shout hallelujah. If you are blessed, shout hallelujah. Let's rise on our feet.